Do you know how many files your employees have uploaded, downloaded, emailed, airdropped, slacked, or shared via Google Drive today? A lot of that data has left your organization, and you don't even know it. Visit Code42.com to learn how Insider prevents data exfiltration. Unjunk your sleep during Mattress Firm's President's Day sale and wake up a better you. Shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save up to $500 on adjustable mattress sets. Plus, get a $300 instant gift good towards sleep accessories. We've got your perfect bed in stock for immediate delivery and with a low price guarantee, so you can rest assured you're getting the best price. Only at Mattress Firm, the number one Tempur-Pedic retailer. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Hello and welcome to uh, not episode 78. It's a brand new podcast, the bald bearded wonder men. Uh, <laughs> wonder man number one is James Ravel. You may remember James joined me on episode 16 and we're now episode 78. That was five days away from two years ago. Um, for those of you that don't know James, and I'm sure that's a minority of people that are listening because he's a legend in our industry, um, subject matter expert on contact centres, director of international contact centres at Air France, and way before the pandemic, award winner for um, what we now call a hybrid, right? Um, but James, thanks very much for um, coming back on in two years. Can you believe it? I know. It's, uh, it hardly seems possible. And I think we did it in a very nice office on the, London, on the South did, Bank, I think, we? wasn't it? Yeah. It was really nice over coffees and uh, things have changed a little bit. It was, there was only a couple more after that that were face-to-face, to be honest, and then it's all been, um, it's all been remote. But for everyone else listening, we, we have stayed in, we've stayed in regular touch since then, haven't we, doing these um, little Zooms. You've got a podcast, what's that called, for people that want to listen? Oh, thank you very much. Notes on nothing. It's got nothing to do with contact centres. I disassociate Air France KLM with it completely, just just to, to, to save my job. Uh, but it was just something that I started to do uh, in 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 uh, lockdown uh, to to uh, scratch an itch that I've had for for some time. So just a selection of um, essays, uh, spoken essay, which to be honest with you, doesn't sound very good as I'm plugging it. I like it. I like it. And of course, soon to come, the bald bearded wonder men that we've self-christened ourselves. I'm letting the side down um, today for those of you that are watching on YouTube because uh, I'm wearing a baseball cap. But that's because I've got a, uh, a, a I'm growing a third head spot in the middle of my forehead and I'm still vain. And as you said, this is the longest puberty. That's right. History, right? <laughs> One day I'll be mature. Absolutely. But I, I've, I've got to say that I've got microphone envy. Uh, because that oh, what, is, because of this that yeah. that's, you, you're set you've set up your own radio station there basically at home which is great yeah. my microphone is a, is a puny number which i was very proud of at the time when i purchased it and it uh, and it came and it was delivered but that is amazing i like it we're all it's it's an, another amazon special I'm, this is on a shoestring this um this podcast as many people like to point out <laughs> <laughs> so let's i mean how do you I'm really interested in, like I said at the in the introduction, you you and your team won awards when that the kind of the model that you had certainly what that the hybrid model you knew that um, vocab no one mm. else really used it now everyone's using it um, 
how, how have you sort of viewed the whole the change in our industry over these two years due to the pandemic? Well, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's. Well, I'm not wanting to sound too cliche, but it has been a, a hell of a journey. It's been a bit of a roller coaster ride because uh, I think when that hit, I think we were very fortunate in inverted commas because we had the model uh, up and running and with a, a, the exception of a few people who were still 100% office based, which who we managed to get uh, uh, out and uh, working remotely pretty quickly. Everyone else was working from home on a hybrid model coming into work, uh, into the office rather, uh, twice a month. And then suddenly we had to kind of rush towards the end to try to get those uh, extra people to go uh, and, and work from home. And the last person to be dragged kicking and screaming from the office was myself because I've been a great promoter of it, but I never wanted it for myself. And here I am, you know, 18 months later, um, still um, working from home and actually enjoying it. And I've, I've fully embraced it. And the, the amount of time that I think from a personal perspective, been able to, to, to capture has been um, uh, has been really nice. So I think that that's, uh, that's open that for me personally. So uh, I'm actually practicing what I've been preaching for, for, for the last few years. It has been at, at the time as well, and we were solicited a little bit from companies uh, and other contact centers who were looking at trying to, 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 to make that switch really quickly. And I was absolutely astounded and really impressed. It took us ages to do what we did. Yeah. But then the majority of companies actually turning around and achieving it within a really short period of time to ensure that they're protecting their colleagues and also continuing to offer great customer service. Uh, it, it was it was really impressive. I can only imagine that the, there's some IT teams that were flat out uh, for a period of two or three weeks trying to trying to get that up uh, up and running. So it was really amazing, and. Um, Having done some of the judging from the for the uh, UK uh, and now going into the uh, uh, into the European Contact Centre Awards, it, it's been really nice to see the level of innovation and enthusiasm and passion still coming out in, in, in from a, from a crisis perspective from from, from contact centres. And I think even though that there was a lull uh, in a lot of business, I believe in. I, su I suppose it's industry dependent, but certainly for aviation, there was nothing flying, but we were still extremely busy from a contact centre perspective and still are today. And I assume that that was the same for, for, for many other uh, uh, contact centres. So having people, you know, constantly engaging with the customers at a very difficult time, I'm sure, for them professionally and personally mm -hmm. uh, and providing high levels, you know, adapting to lots of change providing high levels of innovation it's been really impressive to see just how well contact centers have fared through this difficult time i'm sure that a lot have come into uh, come under a lot of pressure and a little bit of stick as well because they can't offer the same service levels uh, as previous you know as previous because of difficult circumstances but notwithstanding i think it's been an absolutely great effort it just shows how important it is to have a fully functioning contact center up and running uh, if, if you, you're there to, to, to provide continuity of service, is absolutely vital. And I, and I think, think, sorry, no, go on, no, go on. I was going to say, and, and I think that because it's been so difficult for people, um, uh, for, for, for customers to, to know what is happening regarding their products and services that they bought, that they, that, that they are, 
uh, are having, you know, just to, to know, um, uh, for, for example, from a, a travel perspective, if they can still travel to these locations, uh, can they have a refund? What's the, what are the, um, what's the legislation in place now? They've wanted to engage um, through the voice channels predominantly, I think, to, to, to try and, uh, and get answers. And I think that has been um, quite a, a social phenomenon throughout this time as well. That obviously we're still move, we're moving towards another hybrid model or a cyborg model where you've got other, obviously the human and also automation. Uh, but then there's an increased demand for the human voice uh, uh, during uh, such a crisis um, because you know people want that reassurance, which I think uh, only contact service professionals, uh, sorry customer service professionals within contact centers can provide during those difficult times. The word there that um, really resonates with me is reassurance because uh, actually for um, originally with our honeymoon, we were going to be going uh, abroad and um, the, the airline was the airline and the holiday firm were great from a um, emails, the websites were good with um, web chat, but I do remember kind of setting aside some time and going, doesn't matter how long I have to queue, mm. I want to speak to someone. Yep. Um, and that word that you said then, reassurance, was the reason why. And it's really, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? I guess it's a, a conundrum for people that are sort of looking at our contact centres and, and trying to shift the percentage away from voice yep. to other channels without nailing maybe and you know i guess the question is can you ever get the same level of reinsurance i don't know i didn't really sort of spend too much time thinking about why i even though i had some confirmation of what was happening next i mm. still wanted to speak to someone yeah you know why is that it's interesting yes it is and i think it depends on you know what is it that we want to do is it purely transactional and and do we feel confident enough to, to, to make that fairly anonymous and impersonal? Mm. Or is it something which really is more than a transaction, is emotional and means a lot to us and so much so that we, we, we want that, you know, that, that voice there, as you say, to, 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 to reassure us uh, and, and something that we can refer to uh, psychologically afterwards, um, emotionally to say, it's okay, someone has told me that this is, that this is what's going to happen. So, and I think it's been very difficult, if I take um, uh, travel as an, as an example, constantly changing uh, legislation, uh, local, local rules and regulations globally, um, meant that it was extremely important that knowledge management databases yeah. were up to date very quickly, very efficiently. So it's those people behind the scenes feeding those databases, which has been absolutely uh, key, firstly, to giving the right information to ensure that it's it, it's easy for people to find, which then brings down the, you know, the, the, the amount of time needed to find these and, 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 and improves accessibility. So it's a huge you know, team effort to ensure that, that it's possible for people to find that reassurance. It's not only having the voice, but it's having the right answer behind it as well. I'm feeling confident that you do have the right, right answer. So it was very challenging. And, and I think that perhaps a lot of 
uh, other uh, uh, industries and contact centers will, will find that they had similar experiences trying to, to, to reassure their, 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 their customer base that, uh, you know, there is a certain amount of business as usual and, and a team that is available there to, to, to be the guardians of that. That's a really good point because it makes me think about what you're saying there is fast flowing, accurate communication mm. of the right information to frontline team members mm. housed in knowledge um, knowledge based knowledge systems. Mm. Let's be honest, I don't know. You, we we actually our relationship started, didn't it, through mm. judging and awards yeah. and um, I'm sure you have something similar on some on site visits years ago now. Um, Whenever we came to look at knowledge bases, people would be like, uh, you can see them navigating tentatively because <laughs> yeah, right. they yeah. can't quite remember how to get there. And then yeah. when they open it up, it's there's some news there from 1997, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I imagine this whole pandemic has, has made people reassess and go, look, we, this needs to be right. up to date and accurate, you know. Absolutely, indeed. And I think it's not only from a customer experience, it's from a colleague experience. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you are that frontline person that is providing effectively, you know, reassurance and maybe some emotional support, and it was emotional, mm. that, that, you know, yeah. if you're constantly faced with that stress being the representative of your, your company, you know, that is obviously going to weigh heavily on you if you can't rely on the information that, that, that's given or, or you're feeling you can't you know, completely satisfy what the person you're speaking uh, to uh, wants you to, to, to deliver. So, you know, it, it's, it's not only from a customer satisfaction perspective, it's from a, from a colleague perspective as well to ensure that, uh, uh, that they're capable, they've got the tools and the information to be able to do their job to the best of their capabilities. Do you think then that um, contact centres, this has kind of reminded maybe people that aren't directly involved, but they're in companies and maybe senior positions where that have contact centers that it's made contact centers more relevant or less or the same. No, absolutely more. And I think there's been a groundswell over the past, you know, 10 years or so where I, I think that there has been a recognition that you do need to work in partnership with the contact centers to, 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 to deliver that excellent customer service and to, you know, it, it's, it's, it's the, the, the reputation, uh, the value, of, of contact centers within the business has has gone up significantly. And I think this has done nothing but um, uh, cement that place um, within uh, within the company. And it, it, regardless, you, decisions cannot be made without thinking about how that is going to... Um, uh, how, oh. Hello? Yeah, I'm still... Oh, we still have you, James. And why I've disappeared. You haven't. You're very much here still. Am I? <laughs> yeah, this is, this is an existential crisis, everybody. Uh-oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry, I forgot. Or is this all a dream? I don't, I don't know. Well, the, the new Matrix film's coming out soon. So I know, I can't wait for that. Can't wait for that. Um, so yeah, without shadow of a doubt, I think that uh, it's 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 it cemented uh, uh, the place for, for for contact centers with any uh, within any organisation. I wonder if the, do you think there's going to be another iteration of the name? Um, so we've gone call contact. I was talking to Helen, who I work with, and we've said network center customer. You know this. I don't know if they're 
don't get me wrong the pub uh, general public still is still call center isn't it yeah. it's um I, I don't think that's that's going to be very hard to break that one yeah but i do wonder if this is going to lead to because we're not in centers anymore do you think what do you think oh goodness mate well I'd, um uh former colleague of mine for um one of our former bosses he was very keen on pushing the term engagement platform never really took off <laughs> but uh I, I will plug it on his behalf here today yeah um, i like, I, I like I the think, engagement part yeah certainly. the engagement part i think is uh uh and i think hub yeah. is a word that is is very pertinent as well because it is it, it is a hub. Um, it does connect the customer to the rest of the business. Um, and, you know, that, that there's a positive flow of information throughout the, the, those hubs. So I, I think I know, engagement hub. Shall we, yeah, shall we push like that? It. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do it. Let's get some T-shirts made. <laughs> <laughs> we can get sandwich boards and go back in London again, mate. Uh, I mean, is that is that our intellectual property now? I mean, effectively. We own it. We, we well... The moment we've made it public, we don't own it, I think, but we oh. can be the creators. Okay. All right. Then. You know, if you look in Wikipedia, maybe it will say our names and pictures. <laughs> maybe. Okay. Engagement hub, that. everybody. You heard it here first. Um, what about, what are you seeing in terms of, um, so we've still got contact centres, even if people are, mm. some are in, some are spread out. What are you seeing in, uh, desire to bring people back um and what what does that does that mean it seems to me that there's more onus on canvassing everyone's views mm. certainly across the industry but what what are you what, what are your views on that yeah in, indeed and i speaking to um friends across different industries and i can see that different companies not necessarily contact centers got very different views on what the best way forward but i think general consensus is hybrid a little bit of both and, you, and indeed there is canvassing of people's uh, uh, opinion i mean the, the door has been open wide now you know it, it is possible when we're speaking before regarding home working remote working whatever you want to call it there was a lot of skepticism maybe a lack of trust as to whether this could happen that if people were going to be as efficient etc etc i think all those myths have been disproved now and and there is an acceptance that it, it is a viable way of working it's whether it's a viable long-term uh, model um so i i think it really de depends what people what what companies motives are for wanting people to come back in the in the office and i think one thing that we said previously prior to um uh to, to going into um uh, lockdown is that it was important within a contact centre where that contact amongst colleagues, that sharing of information, you know, walking into a contact centre, it's a very dynamic environment. And this really, homeworking does pull at the fabric of that. And that's why we opted for a hybrid model before and asking people to come back to, to engage with us in the office twice a month, which wasn't very much. But the problem that we had, and I think something that tripped us up is that um, we did that say, oh, you've got to come back twice a month. But then there was nothing for people to engage with anything different uh, on those two days um, than, than, than any other day. So which then raised the question, 
from, from, from our colleagues. Well, why are you asking me to come yeah, in? Yeah, why are we doing this? Yeah, why are we doing this? So I think we all had to be very clear if we're asking people to come back into the office. Now, why are we asking them to come back? And I think there's, you know, some very good, you know, engaging with, the, you know, the business, the culture, the values, the atmosphere, the, the, the sense of team, and even from a well-being perspective, you know, actually conversing face-to-face with yeah. colleagues, that that is very important. But then we have to oil those wheels to actually make that come alive. So we really have to do something to, 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 uh, to ensure that when people come in, they feel that they are actually doing those things that, that, that we want from that. And it's not just to left to, to happen organically because it won't necessarily do that. And then I think people will become disgruntled with, with that because they feel it's not necessary. We, we have to live now, I think, because, you know, the, the box has been open. We, we have to live with that, with this model that we've got, but it's just making it work. So we have to ensure that there are innovative ways of achieving what we want to achieve by people being in the office when they're there, but also ensuring that those things exist when, when they're at home as well. New communication methods, ensuring that there's regular you know, t- you know, team meetings, you know, um, uh, connecting uh, with your with your colleagues on a regular basis, making values, uh, c- company values come alive, making sure that there's a, a real palpable feeling of what uh, you know the, the, the company and, and the values uh, isn't are, uh, so that we can we can live those on a day to day basis remotely. Coming into the office does nothing but um, uh, underline that, uh, emphasize that, and uh, and and give a little bit more of a belonging. We have to work with it. I think uh, speaking to uh, someone in the recruitment uh, industry not so long ago, and, and he was saying to me, well, people aren't asking about salary anymore. They're asking about whether it's re- there are remote working possibilities. So mm. this is now a social phenomenon. We have to learn to, uh, to live with it and to work with it. And we have to, part of the reason that we did this before um, in, the, in the UK office, um, the contact center for Air France KLM was because we wanted, we, there were challenges in attracting um, uh, the multilingual customer service professionals and ensuring that we had that constant flow of people coming in and wanting to work with the company and offering great customer service. Those challenges are even greater now. Yeah, um, multilingual because we, European languages because of Brexit and and also as well because the job market, you know, the economy is picking up again. There are perhaps more opportunities than than there are um, you know uh, people to fill them. So we have to be even more competitive in terms of the offering um, uh, for, for 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 people to want to 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 join our companies. So we we really do have to think. Uh, uh, in a very innovative way to ensure that we can uh, we can live with home working, remote working, and make that part um, of the of the fabric of what we're doing without destroying what are the inherent values of a, a of a contact center. I think it's really astute, mate. I mean, talking from where my day job is, BPA quality, we similar sort of challenges. You know, it's a multilingual operation. Um, so we had such a great atmosphere in the contact center you know that everyone the same way quickly within weeks dissipated to home um one of the things that you hearing you talk then that's made me think about is without wanting to get all like crystals and but that you don't have to be that way inclined to recognize you and i both know you can go into a contact center and it has an energy. There's different energies. 
you know, there's a different atmosphere. I'm talking pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. whether it was on visits or just with work. I just wonder, like we, we've been doing some things that you made a really good point about having to be innovative and do other things to, to recreate that because that, that vibe, that energy, that is what the company values are. It's not mm. just the words that are written down. It's yeah. the atmosphere that when you're in and you're, it's, it's a bit buzzy or it's helpful or it's, it's calm but confident. You know, there's, there's all these different vibes that you can sense when you go into any mm. contact centre. As more and more people have been recruited and their experience has only been working from home and remote interaction with their team members, I wonder if those if it gets those things are diluted. I mean, we saw uh, we we often every year do uh, like an outdoor charity based challenge. This time it was doing a hundred kilometers in to de- race to the stones. Um, the take up to that was more than ever before. So we had a team of like fifty, I think um and it was brilliant it was absolutely brilliant people were excited just to come together as a group all we're all from bpa it was brilliant and i wonder if it's having to do more of those types of things to ensure that you're not just so it's not all just about the actual work is it it's not all just about the job it is about the interactions we have with the people that we work with in our tribe and this tribe happens to be one where we work Uh, when you're in the same building those kind of you see someone who might work in a completely other department but you've shared a joke six months ago yeah and when you walk past each other in the corridor that makes you feel good doesn't it because it does yeah she's funny do you know what i mean there's that that's gone now uh you don't get the same response from the cats you know so (laughs) However, that's been another side effect to this as well. I think my, my cat has become famous throughout the whole company and just jumping up on the table in the most inopportune moments. No respecter of protocols, meeting protocols. Well, cats whatsoever. aren't ever going to be, are they? No, never, never. We've got three. Um, and since working from home, we've discovered that actually it is like the cat crack den of this estate. <laughs> you know, the, the, num- the number of cats that are not ours that come round, I'm sure yeah. it's probably more before we were working from home. Yeah. They're really annoyed with us. Um, uh, I know, this is it indeed. It, yeah. Like, yeah, come round, mum and dad are out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. But it, it's interesting... <laughs> It is interesting because, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Those kind of events that you were talking about to try and pull. And you're right. It, it is tribal sense of belonging. We're all doing the same thing. You know, we can share, you know, when things go wrong. When it's not We can share them and also when things go well. I think that is and what I'm seeing from the colleagues that I've worked with, but also throughout the, the, um, um, the, the awards and, and what has been presented, is there are lots of innovative ways where they try to capture a little bit more uh, of that to try to share uh, things a little bit more from a, from a virtual perspective. And in a way, it does more than you can do in the office because there is because you are going into people's homes, there is a sense yeah. of increased intimacy. You do see the cat. You do see what's yeah. going on or everything that can go wrong in the background, which you didn't, you know, it, it happens. So it does um, make things very human uh, from a certain perspective. Yeah. And I think from a short to medium term, that works really well and is sustainable. I think the real challenge for us 
um, from a contact center perspective is to see how that translates in, in the long term. Because it re does require a lot of energy to you know, not only do the business, uh, but also to ensure that there is engagement and ensuring that your teams are engaging in some sort of fashion to try to keep that camaraderie together. Is that sustainable uh, in the long term? You know, really does need a seismic shift in terms of what we require from our leaders within the contact centre uh, from a day-to-day -day basis. We noticed that already from uh, remote working that we always, we, we forgot, we spent so much time thinking about um, people in the front line and how it was going to impact them, but we forgot about line managers and the leaders. And if anything, they are more key to this to the success of this because their whole routine has been disrupted. Having half a team who are in an office yeah. elsewhere, you know, how do you bring those people together and make them work as a cohesive business unit, as a cohesive team? It's extremely challenging. I don't think there are any you know silver bullets to, to to ensure you know what is the magical solution to all that. There isn't, there, but there there there's it's a it's a whole. Uh, array of different things that we will have to do uh, require a lot of a lot of energy but it will, our leaders time will be taking up um, a large part of it in, in in trying to achieve that and that is i think a, a huge challenge a challenge for us over the next months and pro probably years yeah it's a really, another good point hats off to the team leaders out there i I don't know how they've done it. I don't know how our guys have done it. I don't know how team leaders in the industry have done it. Um, because certainly, personally, I think about that team that I had of 20 people at one point. There were 20 in the team. Mm. It leveled out at about 15, but nonetheless, that's still sometimes the, the extent of, the, of an interaction with one of the people in the team would be making eye contact in the morning huddle, mm. um, maybe throughout the day, as you're managing by wandering around, you you catch something and go, that was, that sounded great. How did, how did that go? You're okay? How's things going? Mm. Maybe a 30-second interaction. Now, I, I, would, I would feel like I was hamstrung. You know, I'd feel like I was trying to do my job a bit shackled because mm. that was a lot of the thing I think that made me a good team leader was those the kind of social butterfly you're just wandering around just checking in how's everyone doing what do they need that sounded good when have we got coaching reminding you know all of those things you have to be far more organized if you think about doing that remotely yeah even just catching up with everyone probably takes all of the day if you're going to do it individually no absolutely indeed and there's a far more pastoral care needed as well when people mm. are home. It's very difficult. And we, and we ask our leaders well from a well-being perspective, which remains, I think, more pertinent than ever uh, as, as we become more isolated. Uh, we ask um, uh, our, our team leaders as well to, to, to try to, to, to gauge how people uh, are um, in terms of their, their, their mental well-being. Yeah. And how you know, it's difficult enough to do on a one-to-one -one basis but um, in, in, in person, but trying to do that, you know, virtually um, is, is a real challenge. And that's another thing that I think that we really do have to look at closely uh, as we move forward, just to, just to see what, what are the best ways to do that. And, you know, 
getting people to come back into the office, I think it is also good for, never thought that going into the office is good for, 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 for mental well-being, but it, but it is, uh, the, you know, that interaction. I've missed it. Mm. Um, I've missed it a lot. Uh, for my old team and moving into a new I've not met my new teams yet uh, in, in South Africa and China and, and Cairo I've, I've not seen them yet they don't all they know is that they got this bald guy with a beard who's who, who's who, who, who now is uh, is in charge so it's it, you know it would be nice to be able to go out and, and actually meet people and uh, and try to engage with them and develop those relationships which were were, were possible before uh, a previous job because of face-to-face interactions well if you need a double to maybe go and visit two places at once <laughs> absolutely as long as i just gotta you know shake hands and nod and yeah say, that was a, <laughs> that's that's all that's all i've done for the last 23 years <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just saying you know my role would be that kind of more ceremonial <laughs> my version of you <laughs> uh, but I, I'm like you I think it's and, and again we we spend a lot of time talking to other all of our peers and people like that in the industry there's no surprise it's there's something in the fact that everyone is all very excited when they go to do a face-to-face event you know mm. and more often than not there's a picture on LinkedIn saying really excited to meet the team or to go to to a, a city centre or to go to attend a live event and um, there's something in that I think isn't it we 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 need we need that kind of um, we need that interaction more than just this virtual world and, and you funny say that about events but on a couple of events have been asked to, to, to speak at as a, as a panel <laughs> it's also having a little bit of feedback from the audience because you've got nothing you're you, you, you are you are saying it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just silence and, and maybe if that were in front of a live audience it would have been the same but it would be nice to know one way <laughs> or the other <laughs> yeah 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 very true because you, you kind of say uh, I'll take silence as acceptance but if it's um, and I think there, there are some I've read so much about um, this around you know it's not natural for us to see ourselves as well so we're you know that has that has an impact and I think there's this there's this thing about recognizing I think as a customer not just because we're from the industry but recognizing that the people you're talking to in contact centers are also going through the same event have also had impacts personally as well I think we're we're all at a stage now where we know someone or there has been an impact of COVID yeah. within your circle of friends and, and family so this kind of shared event whilst also still having to pitch up and deliver customer service shouldn't be shouldn't be overlooked you know it's uh, it's been a challenge for everyone isn't it Absolutely, yeah, indeed. Uh, it can't be underestimated. I, I, I think back. I, I think now we're slightly more at ease with it. Uh, we've mm. had time to to adapt and get used to it. But uh, if you go back to April, May last year, it was quite scary, and, and yeah. really was at the top of the agenda to ensure that we could accompany, you know, colleagues and and friends through these uh, experiences because they were, you know, isolated uh, and having to deal with these things uh, away from colleagues was quite a challenge for people. You touched on something earlier. You mentioned well-being. And um, I just wonder if, like, seismic events like this actually will lead us to 
a positive place because people have been forced to consider areas that maybe they didn't need to before because they were isolated whereas now this is this encompasses everyone and well-being i think is one of those because the i know from our hr teams have had to be so adaptable flexible about what constitutes mm. well-being where their responsibilities start and end you know that kind of so there's a this, this greater focus on well-being i think will have positive benefits for a long time to come that we've all had to embrace it you know there's some of us that have done it from the word go anyway but others that have gone that they understand it's it's something that is really really important absolutely yeah indeed there was i think a groundswell for for the making sure that well-being of, of colleagues was really at the forefront of um our, our plans um, prior to this but this is really uh, i think uh, ensured that we do embrace that uh, it, it speeded up the whole process um so which is you know a good thing if we can take any positives out of it and i think there are positives that yeah um uh, throughout this as well we, i've you know seen it witnessed it there's obviously a lot of tragedy as well but um that has been i think some things that we we you know have been extremely positive and <laughs> That that's why going back to the to, to the to the remote working as as well, it it has happened. It's part of a change, not only from a company perspective, but societal changes. And we do have to work with it. I think we just can't reverse the clocks and say it didn't happen. We have to get on <laughs> as things were before. Yeah, to try to 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 ensure that 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 uh, that we do make it work. And those are going to be the, you know the challenges. But well being is, is is there as well, just to ensure that that isn't lost as well. Once the whole COVID thing dies down, there are you know issues uh, about. Uh, mental well-being not related to covid that are obviously just as present as they were uh prior to the pandemic so you know that can't fall off the radar either so we do have to ensure that we that we carry on and, and keep that momentum going very true um you've led award-winning teams and like i said our relationship kind of we got to know each other through the awards and uh, we're kind of reaching coming to that time of the year when the, the awards are given out and um, judge or judging is taking place for the European Awards. As a as a now as a as a seasoned judge yourself, what mm. is it you um, what impresses you? What do you look for? What are the kind of things that make you sit up and go, "Oh, this is good"? Because it is a long old they're long days, aren't they? <laughs> they are long days. They are long days. And but you know what they do at the beginning of the day, you think, "Wow, this message can be I don't know six eight hours solid of information." and you do come out of it quite energized mm. at the end of it yeah um because and what i like is it's it's the very authentic experience and i don't like when there's perhaps the management are all over the place and it's death by powerpoint unfortunately because of the nature of it being virtual then there is a powerpoint but uh, um where you've got different members of the team all there share you know and they come and they are full of passion and they tell their story and you can say okay this is where you started this is where you got to and these people are really fully engaged with that totally passionate about what they're doing they absolutely love it and that's great and to hear that three or four or five times a day that is really good because it does put a lot of faith in uh, and also I can pinch a lot of ideas as well <laughs> <laughs> 
I've got the monopoly yes. on wisdom. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great, isn't it? It's to see people, um, I couldn't I can agree more in that authenticity that you're just talking about their experiences, warts and all. Um, yeah. It's yeah. great. It's great, isn't it? Indeed. And, and, you know, there's no, and I do quite like you have warts and all. Absolutely. What went wrong? Uh, you know, it's this, you know, it does go wrong. You know, there's no hiding it. it it's, it, it does go wrong. And we have to adapt accordingly as well. And, and I think that's good to hear from that as well. As well. And this year I was really, um, really uh, heartened by the um, last year. A lot of it was about, uh, you know, adapting. Mm uh to covid and it was really that was a lot of it was centered on you know moving to, to to homeworking which was great uh this year was more about okay um you know back to you know business as usual inverted commas obviously with still with covid in the background and um but it was um it was really focused on uh, on the on the important things and uh you know seeing everything from you know from uh, customer colleague experience well-being Again, we'll talk about it again. That was high on, on people's uh, agenda. Uh, diversity, inclusion, that was that was high on people's agenda as well. So it was it was really nice just, just to see these authentic stories uh, and a, a really good holistic approach to, 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 to running centres. Uh, and I think that's why, you know, love contact centres so much is that everything is in the mix uh, there as well. It's a real microcosm of, of, of the wider, wider business and it, what makes it so dynamic coming back to what we we're saying earlier that's the challenge is making it stay like that with a hybrid working model which can pull at the fabric of that that i think now is is, is the is what we have to think of and uh, and how we overcome those that, that particular challenge that's a lovely summary to draw this episode to a close games thanks very thanks very much let let's let's make sure that we can do our next one um face to face in um, again two in two years time minus one <laughs> no I, it, it can't it can't be that long surely no 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 surely not be. no absolutely the, wor- the, the world needs the bearded bald wonder men together yeah. fighting crime yeah indeed. i mean i'm hoping that by the time we do it they've found a cure for baldness by then as well i know there's other things on higher on the medical priority at the moment but um if the world scientists can come together for COVID, I think they do need to come together for. I I don't know. Would you Would you take it now though? No, do you know you what? Want to go I, back I ne- to a full head of no, hair? No, I never suited hair. <laughs> yeah. Never suited it. I think it, I don't know. I, it would. You'd have to be constantly saying why you your hair's suddenly grown back, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, we've got to, We we've embraced it a long time ago. I mean, yeah. Indeed, you know, and we and we rock it. Let's own it. Come on. Yeah, and anyway, I mean, for me, I see. I've still got some around here. I'd say it's a lifestyle choice. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely is. Upon me. <laughs> James Rebell, contact centre and bald bearded Superman. Thank, <laughs> thank you very much for for coming on again. Thanks very much, Martin. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Hey, it's John. You want to look and feel your very best? Visit the team at Cool Contours. They are the number one cool sculpting provider in Virginia. Their award-winning team of certified cool sculpting elite and cool tone specialists work with you to create a fully customized treatment plan to achieve your dream body. Learn more at cool-contours.com. That's cool-contours.com. As ranked by Allergen in June 2021, cool sculpting leaves FDA clear to visible fat bulges in nine areas of the body. Some common side effects include temporary numbness, discomfort, and swelling.
Enjoy basketball, soccer, and all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using bonus code CHAMPION and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Plus, when you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code CHAMPION and place your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Now you're winning with the king of sportsbooks. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. and Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.